0: Welcome to today's edition of CS Computing News, in which we give you a brief but focused look at several of the biggest and most interesting technology-related stories. Our first story is, U.S. court decision sparks fears for cloud services' future. In a closely watched case, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that the Aereo company's TV streaming service violates copyright laws and must stop. This has sparked fears in the tech industry that other courts could apply the decision to and thus threaten other cloud-based content providers as well as cloud-based content storage services. Already, the Fox TV network has asked the court to rule that the Dish satellite network's hopper and Dish Anywhere streaming service also violate copyright laws. Aereo has put its operations on hold, saying it needs to figure out what to do next. Aereo sold small antennas to subscribers and used them to transmit over-the-air broadcast TV. Users could watch shows immediately or record them for later viewing over the cloud. Broadcasting companies sued Aereo, saying the company hasn't paid them for permission to offer their copyrighted programming, as cable and satellite TV companies must do. Aereo argued that it wasn't a programming provider, but instead only sold equipment whose used customers were responsible for. The case went to a federal appeals court which declined to issue an injunction against Aereo. The broadcasters then appealed to the US Supreme Court. The court majority agreed with the broadcasters and ordered the case returned to the appeals court for another ruling based on the new findings. The Supreme Court majority said its ruling is only about Aereo and does not affect cloud services in general. However, the Supreme Court minority said that might not turn out to be the case. Industry observers have said the decision might well enable holders of copyrights for any type of material to sue cloud-based content providers or cloud companies that store copies of copyrighted content that consumers save. Our second story is new technology promises to revolutionize web development. Momentum is growing behind a programming approach that, proponents say, could vastly improve and simplify complex web development projects. The Web Components technology, which the World Wide Web Consortium has been working on since 2010, helps developers build complex web pages by enabling them to assemble HTML elements, even those from other vendors, in the form of encapsulated, reusable, single-function components. This is particularly important because HTML doesn't offer a standardized way to load additional elements into a web page without help from external technologies such as PHP. Already, Google's Chrome OS is utilizing web components in its virtual keyboard and media player, and the company's Chrome 36, set for release in the near future, is slated to be the first browser to support the technology. Google's also building its own library of elements called Polymer designed to make it easier to use and extend web components. In addition, Mozilla has designed a number of functions to support web components and Apple and Microsoft are looking at supporting the technology in their browsers. And there are now several registries in which developers can contribute and use components. Elements can connect to web resources via external APIs. Our last story is, Malware Campaign Threatened Canadian, European, and U.S. companies. A recent malware campaign gave hackers the ability to sabotage the operations of energy-related operations in various countries. Researchers with security vendor Symantec found that the Dragonfly hacking group had compromised computers belonging to companies in Canada, six European countries, and the U.S., the malware would have enabled the attackers to steal information from or sabotage these businesses' systems. The attackers initially targeted Canadian and U.S. aviation and defense companies before switching to firms that own parts of the energy grid, generate electricity, operate oil pipelines, or provide equipment to power companies. The hackers placed one of their remote-access Trojans, called Havex by hacking the websites of at least three companies selling industrial control system applications and then waiting for energy companies to install the compromised versions of the software. Havex steals information about infected computers and networks, as well as data from email address books and virtual private networks, and then sends them to the hacker servers. Dragonfly members also infected some companies with the Trojan-Karagani remote access, Trojan, They can steal passwords, take screenshots, and catalog stored documents. Additionally, Dragonfly used spam operations that tricked victims into downloading and installing malware, and they placed exploits on websites that the target companies frequently visited. Symantec said the Dragonfly campaign was so sophisticated that it likely was directed by a government, probably, the company speculated, in Eastern Europe. Thank you for listening, and check back for another edition of CS Computing News.